We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. Alrighty, welcome to another episode of Unity Unknowns, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, you have me, Think Change Repeat, slash Ashley, as your host, and the unknowns joining us today are our favorite Sheila from Down Under, Stella. Hi, Stella. Hi there, how you going? And we have our favorite mathematician, Terry Canary. Hey, Terry. Hello. <laughs> Thank you guys for being here. And then we have our very special guest. He is um, America's most trusted and beloved lawyer. He is a self-certified master practitioner and recently received the Lifetime Achievement Award for Truth in Podcasting. He has also been given another award from the Union of the Unknowns as the Clear Pill Award. Um, and that was given to him by Stella. And here is our conversation with Legal Man. Please enjoy the show. Years. I mean, I listened to Rush. I used to listen to Rush and uh, uh, I've listened to all of them and I used to believe them. And then when I stopped believing, I stopped listening. And then when COVID hit and I realized that they were just pulling their same crap and they weren't telling people the truth that, you know, there's no such thing as a national emergency. There's no authority to declare a national emergency. It doesn't matter if they write a statue or not. I was so disturbed and they wrecked my practice and they kind of locked me out of my building and I was just sitting around and I said, well, hell, I'm going to make a podcast because no one's telling the truth about it. And I just started to make a podcast. And basically the thrust of my podcast is that the people we need who want the right things, uh, liberty, small government, uh, keep the government out of our hair. Those people are all co-opted into a fantasy of constitutional conservatism that can never work. And so they drain off the people we need. And so to me, they're much, much worse than the liberals who, you see, if somebody's a liberal, we can't reach them. I, I, there's no possibility I can ever sway them over to my side. But if they're conservative and they want the right things, they could actually be swayed to my side. And and there's a lot of people like that. A ton of people want the right things. And some of them fall into that constitutional conservative nonsense. That's tens and tens of millions. That's why it's a multi-billion dollar industry. They pay these people so handsomely to, to trick them. But there's a, also a very large number of people in this country who are very far right and don't vote at all. They're not politically interested because they think both parties are just total crap and they know that the whole thing's a scam. And I think if we could easily cobble together a very significant group of people through the people who are currently turned off to any of it and the people who are totally snowed by the uh, constitutional conservatives, and we don't need that many people. And so Beyond that, which I'm not even any sure any longer can actually even work, but I get more and more convinced of that. But beyond that, I do think people are entitled to know the truth, to at least hear the truth about it works, and then for them to make up their own mind about whether or not they care to try to get involved or try to fix things or you know change it for their own kids and stuff like that. Or if they just want to use the information to more accurately uh, navigate 
and more safely navigate the system they actually are presented so they don't waste their own time writing letters and jumping up and down and making signs and marching around and doing all this stupid crap and getting involved in lawsuits. So that's what I focus on is explaining the way the system actually works, especially in the law to people, and then letting them at least know, and then they can do what they want with it. Right. And I personally, I do you know, I have wondered, like, I don't have an expertise, like in law to even make a difference in that way. And so sometimes you think like, well, defense attorneys may be able to make a difference, right? Um, fighting the good fight. But at, at least to me, it matters to know the truth. If nothing else, at least I can tell them, I don't believe you. You're lying. 90% <laughs> of people are buying it and I'm not buying it. That, <laughs> right. At least that matters to me, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of satisfaction in that. And, uh, not only do I think there's a lot of satisfaction, but I remember years ago when I finally figured out the way the system actually works, it's, it saved me a lot of time. It's no different than a program running in the background of a computer, just taking up a bunch of space uh, and just taking up a lot of your bandwidth. You're thinking about it, at least I was, I would be thinking about it all the time. Nothing ever made sense. It was very confusing. Like, well, why is that? I mean, what is, what's happening here? You trying to come up with this, always thinking and wondering and then analyzing and reading the news and trying to keep stuff straight. And <laughs> I don't have to spend any time doing that anymore because I know exactly what's going on. And if I just glance at a headline, I can know the kind of scam running. And so I saves me a huge amount of time. It, it's just, it's a lot of peace of mind knowing that, okay, they're going to try to con me in that. And it works for the most of the people. That's fine. But I'm not going to be one of those people and I'm not going to waste right. my time going down that trail. Yes. And that's your 179 degree club, right? Yes. The 179 club, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way for me to explain to people. I was like, I follow this guy. His podcast is legal, man. And he says, basically, if it's in the news and they're telling you something, then look 179 degrees the other way. And that's the truth. And it's so easy. It's so right? easy. <laughs> it's what I told people originally. And when this fake pandemic was out, I was like, look, people don't seem to understand. If there was actually a pandemic that was dangerous and killing people, the last thing that would be on the news is any news about a pandemic that's dangerous and killing people. What you'd <laughs> see would be people in the streets, dead, your neighbor, and like an ambulance coming and and, and like the hospital's really crowded and you'd be like, what the hell's going on? You know, all these people are sick around you. And the news would be saying, there's nothing going on. You're crazy. It's a conspiracy theory and blah, blah, blah. It's always the same. If they're pushing it, you can know it's not true. It's very simple. Very simple. <laughs> okay. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your movie? And then um, after that, I will have... Stella um, kind of go through and then um, Terry. Okay. Um, there's a movie. Um, it's called The Jones Plantation. It's a story by Larkin Rose that's out. There's an old animated version of a short. And um, I play Mr. Jones. He's a kind of drunk dick who's a plantation <laughs> owner in 1848. And uh, I'm, I'm concerned because uh, the slaves are getting very restless and the plantation is not running very well. And the concept is that the movie is a allegory that shows going from sort of chattel slavery to debt slavery. And we bring it in and we show all the fakery with the elections and with the, the fake money system. And we show people imagining that they're free and getting to vote for their leaders and stuff like that. And the movie's I think the movie's really good. I saw this, the rough cut 
and it didn't have even everything in it or the audio. And apparently an, a better version, not a completed version, <laughs> ran down at Anarchapolco about, uh, I guess, I guess about a month and a half ago. Uh, mm-hmm. early I think February. it's in February. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, apparently the people who saw it really liked it a lot. And we've gotten really positive feedback from it. And it's a low budget indie film that I hope becomes a cult classic because the concept is that if we can tell much more sort of hardcore liberty types of stories, at least that are interesting, that it's a great way to reach people who won't watch a, a video or, you know, listen to a podcast or read mm-hmm. some book. You can reach people and they don't really even know that anything's happening until it's kind of over. And so the goal is the video, the movie is coming out in early April. I've asked Andrew, who's the director and kind of the the jack of all trades, who's doing all sorts of stuff on it, uh, helped produce the thing and everything else. And he's definitely convinced that we're definitely there the the movie is really really close to being completely finalized and so it will be available uh sometime in fairly early april and when it comes out i hope people will you know download it and and buy the movie and give it to people not quite sure how we're going to release it because that whole industry is very tied up but if people will will watch the movie and then make that movie make uh, money then uh, we'll make more movies. And I think one of the ones we want to make is on jury nullification. We haven't quite figured out how that script would be, but I think it'd be a great one, one that's never been made, but the same kind of thing where you explain to people what's really going on and what could be going on. And I think that one could be very, very powerful. So, Yes, absolutely. And and that is something that I, I hope that we can touch on too, because I do feel like as blackpilled as you are known to be, that is that is one of the things that you really think can make a difference, right? Is yes. jury nullification. I think if we can't do it with jury nullification, there's just nothing we're going to be able to use because you take such a tiny amount of the population. All these other uh, plans that have absolutely no chance of working require getting these majorities and organizing this huge group of people and organizing them again and again and again, because in this country, it's every two years uh, they can rig up some new thing. So you got to stay on top of it. And then you got all these different places, elections. You've got all the, uh, the local elections and the state elections, and the federal elections. Nobody can keep track of all this stuff. And uh, jury nullification, the beauty of it is it takes a small group of people between five and 10% of the people would be plenty of people. You'd see a huge difference way before that, but at five to 10%, you'd start making the system crack apart and not work anymore at all. And you don't have to keep track of anything else. You don't have to follow the news. You don't have to organize and write checks and jump up and down and all the other stupid crap they tell you to do and go down to your school board and spend all your free time writing letters and updating people. You don't have to do any of that. And mm-hmm. so to me, if you can't, if we can't even get a sufficient group of people together to be able to do that, <laughs> we're not going to get anything else to work. And so if we just had that, it would work because the other huge advantage to jury nullification is it doesn't matter what other kinds of rules they dream up. It doesn't matter. You don't have to keep track of, oh, there's a new legislation, this, they stopped this. Like, Who cares? When right. you show up at the jury, you say not guilty. It's nothing to it. It's very simple. And, and it works every single time. And, you know, if something that simple can't 
be implemented, then the idea that we're going to be able to change things is a fantasy if, if we can't use that one. I love that. And I do think that people are waking up to that. I really do. As as difficult as it seems like so many people don't, I do feel like the amount of people that are at least recognizing that something is not right here mm-hmm. is growing. So yes. I do think that that certainly is a possibility. And especially with people like you who are getting the message out there. I mean, it's, it's growing, you know? There's a huge group of people. This was, uh, to me, you know, Everything in this world is a double-edged sword. That's the nature of this existence. Uh, the only reason there's good is because there's bad. The only reason there's evil is because there's, there's good. And the reality is this this ridiculous fake pandemic thing and this this thing they're trying to push down our research, yes, it's very dangerous. But the advantage to it is that it's an excellent opportunity that there are people who are wondering that they realize something doesn't make sense. This is problematic. That's an opportunity. And that is the time. That's why I did the start of the podcast. Like, well, it is an opportunity. You just sit around, do nothing. That's you're just killing yourself with that. And at least when people start wondering, it's true. They probably don't find me. They probably get drained off into these damn constitutional conservatives, but we don't need everybody. And, 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 you know, over time we might be able to make an impact. It only takes really honestly one or two breakthrough events that's the nature of this world now is that something can go viral um, in, a, in a form or fashion that they don't anticipate or expect and haven't gotten under control. And this is the kind of thing that is uh, it's a toothpaste out of the tube. Once it's out of the tube, that'll be it. You know, you, they can't put this genie back in. Once somebody sees the scam and understands that that might be a system, it doesn't matter what all they try to con and cover up. It's, it's out. It's done. You, you can't. You can't do anything about it. And so that's the teeny tiny slim hope I hold on to, even though I agree, I am definitely cyanide pilled. I'm beyond black pilled. <laughs> and it's true. And <laughs> and I and I own that. Uh, and that doesn't bother me because mm-hmm. I think the nature of the world, uh, it it warrants that that level of cynicism about what's going on. And so I don't care. People are very, they complain to me all the time that I don't have solutions. It's not true. Um, I've got the only kinds of solutions that are out there. They're the ones who don't have solutions. And uh, they're the people who are actually digging a hole deeper and deeper and deeper with uh, the belief that they have a solution that can't work. That's the fundamental con that's going on. I try to open people's mind to that this belief that they have a solution in this voting nonsense uh, is the the con that is so dangerous to us because it for sure won't work. And if you keep spending time and energy in there, you will demoralize people even more and assure that their system will work. 100%. Um, So I love that. I love the information about jury nullification. And I um, maybe we can touch on that a, a little bit more towards the end and refer people over to your Patreon where you've done extensive work on jury nullification. Um, And now I want to go ahead and hand it over to Stella for a couple of her questions. Thank you, Ashley. Yeah, Yeah, welcome, Legal Man. Thanks for being here. No, thank you. Um, um, I was actually going to ask you how you felt about the the black pill badge, like personally, but uh, (laughs) you've just pretty much answered that one. And uh, you're always giving yourself awards. So I thought um, in... (laughs) In honor of your presence here, I'd like to coin a new term, clear-pilled, <laughs> because you and, I, you and I share something here, and, and fortunately it's not facial here, but um, 
we are definitely uh, brothers of the same mother, I think, because um, I often get accused of the black pill as well. But uh, I just feel, well, I'm just a realist, really. Um, you people just need to see. So, yeah, clear-pilled. I'd, I'd like to think of us mm-hmm. as clear-pilled. Uh, yeah, but I, I find it amazing that people are still, a lot of people, so many people are still not cottoning on to the absolute blatancy that's in front of their faces as far as like uh, listening to your most recent podcast, I think it was number 85, 81, um, where you were playing some kind of a, a hearing or a speech or something. It was just so cheesy. It was so cheesy. I, I couldn't believe it. It was almost something like from the 50s. Um <laughs> <laughs> that how people can actually hear these things and and be convinced that this is fact. It's not yeah. just some story, you know. I just it's beyond me. It's totally beyond it me. It is me too that they can take seriously uh, something when it's obvious what's going on. If you just really the the, the slight scratch the surface in the tiniest little way, um, how could anyone hear any of those clips which were playing around on the internet uh, and then conclude? that this is a legitimate system that we need to somehow get control of and that there are people in it who are on our side. It's such an absolute kangaroo clown show. I just, it just blows my mind. Yeah. Well, totally with you there. Yeah. Oh, it is. Um, it is a, it's theater, complete theater. Like uh, something else that you pointed out uh, on, on the previous episode, which was actually number 85. Um, you pointed out something about uh, there was another hearing that you were playing and um, there was a section where, you know, it was all bad audio and it was all kind of <laughs> echoey. And it's like, I mean, that's that's a good old trick, isn't it? It's that old, that old chestnut. <laughs> it's like throw a few. I mean, how can these people spend so much money on these things and have such terrible audio? That's a, such a basic thing. Um, I even noticed that with the World Economic Forum as well. There was some audio problems with some of that stuff. It's like, come on. I'm convinced they're punking everybody. Just it's it's all yeah. part of yeah, the yeah. way they they test the waters to how outrageous it can be, and that the people will still <laughs> accept. and And I think it's a good test that you know, this is the same thing that these uh, these romance scammers use. They have systems where they intentionally put this very awkward vocabulary and uh, grammar into responses early, very early on with people. And if the people continue to accept it and believe, then it's very clear they've got a good mark on their hands because they'll look past something that obvious of someone who's a supposedly native English speaker and has a, you know, a good job and all this other crap and is interested and wants to, you know, marry them and take them away, Calgon to some fantasy world that, that if they use that awkward uh, verbiage vo- vocabulary in ways that make no sense, then you've got someone on the line. I think this, this crappy audio and a lot of things they do is the same thing is it's a, it's a, it's just a kind of a way to screen people. It's one of the reasons I use um, uh, vulgarity uh, in my show, periodically, a lot of people, oh, I wish you wouldn't say fuck in this. And I like, look, I put those <laughs> in there because anybody who's who's so offended, they can't they, they want to turn it off because I say something like that. They're never going to be able to hear my message. See, they're never, ever going to be able to take 
the the hardcore nature of the truth that I'm spitting out. And I'm convinced that this 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 kind of ridiculous audio with the reverb and the crap doesn't work. And excuse me, oh, and let me plug this in. I'm sorry. And you're blinking in and out. It's like, dude, that's not going to happen in any kind of production where you have a budget of what four point eight trillion dollars. You have to be kidding me. They're going to have state of the art stuff running there. That's going to be smooth as can be. And AV people who can fix these problems. You're not going to have that kind of garbage. And the fact that they make people look past it, I think, like I said, is an excellent test. It's a great screening method they use. Oh, totally. Yeah, they're always um, testing the temperature, the social temperature, aren't they? Just every mm -hmm. now and then, we'll just see how far we can go. I just always have these visions of them sitting, you know, in their dumps <laughs> underground, sipping their cocktails, watching the huge screen of what's going on up here, having a good old laugh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> totally. I have I have one more absolutely burning question, and I'm I feel so um, grateful to have the chance to ask you this. I really need to know what happened with the Pink Floyd song. <laughs> <laughs> have you been through this over and over again, or, or I don't know? I, I apologize. You know, that. yeah, I've, I've I've it's on there, but I've, I I it's it's played way down. I like to stay within the kind of limits of what you're allowed to do. And when my podcast was really small in the beginning, it didn't matter. And, and most of my stuff's not public anyway. But, you know, I changed the intro and the uh, and the outro basically for yeah. that reason uh, in order okay. to do that, even though I, I love the song. I think it works great. But it's really just strictly a practical matter just so that, um, you know, the, the bigger the footprint, the the more people who, who want to kind of cause problems for me in a thousand different ways and uh, – I just don't, I don't like problems. <laughs> okay. So that was, that was your choice. It wasn't, yes. I was sort of wondering whether Roger Waters might've got on the phone saying, Hey, Mr. Man, can right. I call you legal? Yeah. Um, you know, mm -hmm. Yeah. All yeah, right, I've, well, I've mixed in some other stuff, so it's not <laughs> technically a violation of anything in there because there's other stuff in there. It's not just playing. It sounds kind of very similar, but it's all mixed in. So. Yeah, no, I love it. I love the intro and the outro. It's, it's excellent. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, thanks for that, Terry. Did you have some some things that you'd like to talk to a legal man about? Uh, yeah, I've uh, written down some questions. Um, I'm sort of uh, interested for a legal take on. Um, I know this assumes that the courts are kind of straight and that the legal system is is functional, which we know it isn't. But I'd be interested to hear your opinion anyway. The big news in the legal um, side of things at the moment in America is, of course, the possibly possible impending arrest of Trump tomorrow. Yes. And uh, I've heard some very various expert opinions about it. Some people say it's completely ridiculous and has no legal basis at all. Uh, and other people saying, well, you know, the, it's a New York matter. So the DA there can do whatever they like. So what do you what do you think about it? Thanks for being here, by the way. I should have said that initially. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, I guess there's, you know, it depends on the kind of analysis people are looking for. Is the DA within his rights to do it? Sure. He's, just, he's got the authority to indict people. The saying in the United States is uh, they can indict a ham sandwich. These these are, <laughs> these attorney generals and district attorneys, they, they can do anything. Uh, these grand juries are... Uh, uh, laughable kangaroo situations where you have almost no rights to even make appearances. So basically they all they really do is present one side of the case. Well, if you just present one side of the case, you can make something look really bad, especially if you're a questionable character and looking to do something. Um, so yes, it's a state matter. The feds apparently wouldn't touch this issue. 
but the any state could do it mm -hmm. um, where there's a so-called violation. And of course, when you run in every state like a president has to, uh, they each have their own little special laws and everything else. So is it a violation? I don't know. I mean, could be. Uh, it's all made up. Uh, they can make up anything and make it a violation. And so is this a violation compared to uh, other people who've engaged in the same conduct? Uh, apparently not. It's like everything else. Apparently some people can do it and some people can't. And just like Animal House uh, says, you know, all the animals are equal and some are more equal than others. And and so Clinton can pay $850,000 uh, to, to get someone to shut up, and there's no problem there. And then Trump does something that's not even inappropriate, signing a non-disclosure agreement. Those things are just run-of-the-mill. I mean, I'm in businesses, and people sign NDAs all the time. Um, and certainly on that side, NDAs are fine. Could they criminalize uh, having people sign NDAs? Yeah, of course they can. Uh, this is why I make my show. They can make up anything. They can make it illegal to wear a purple shirt on Wednesdays if uh, you're a Trump supporter. They can make that illegal. They can make anything illegal. And so the fact that it is technically illegal and there may be some kind of technical violation and then it's been enhanced to a felony, these are all just games. They're, they're all just games. And it happens because guys like this attorney general bringing it he has absolutely no personal risk. So he runs absolutely no personal risk whatsoever. The worst case he could ever have, but he might not win in re-election. But in a state like New York, even that's not mm -hmm. even going to happen because all he actually has to do is win the primary. Yeah. And uh, that's a, a completely rigged up uh, a scam. Primaries aren't, I guess everybody learned when they pushed uh, Hillary to the top that the primaries aren't even something that, that there's any control of. They're not even obligated to run it, an honest game in the primaries. Just like the NFL's not honest. They don't have to run an honest game. They're entertainment. They're not a sport. See, people get all upset. This is more parts of the fundamental things people don't understand. There's nothing about party affiliation inside the Constitution. Uh, it's a made-up thing. Parties really weren't even a big deal when the Constitution was fake ratified. And so can they run Trump around and uh, parade him around? Yes. Um, I tend to think this is another one of these orchestrated things since this Biden crime family stuff is really starting to come out. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's more and more stuff coming out on that. Yeah. And I have to think that they have decided that it, they got to air it. There's too much pressure, got to release it. And so they need a huge cover story, something that will just raise a massive stink. And, and if it's this Trump thing, well, then they can just equate the idea that Biden's crimes that they're they're ginning up in Congress are just as political and, and nonsensical as the ones that the Trump supporters are complaining about. And they can just equate the two. And then how what ends up happening, I don't know. But if I had to guess, that would be my guess that it's being used so that the media can run a narrative that both sides do it. They're complaining about happening to Trump. They're trying to do the same thing to Biden that that, that got done to Trump. And that will be how the, the idiots out in the masses will uh, accept it and just turn it off the old both sides do it, which they push all the time. And then people uh, will they can just denigrate and affect the entire story down to nothing on the Biden side. I think it has very little to do with the Trump side and everything to do with the Biden side. It'd be my bad. Mm. Yes, that's very interesting. Um, uh, people who know me on this podcast now, I'm very into the COVID stuff as well, and uh, I, I was kind of in, of the belief that 
our only hope for recourse is through the legal system, but seem to be quite pessimistic about <laughs> prospects for that because you know it's so the legal system is so badly broken that you know you're not going to get anything. I mean, it seems to be for a while that courts and judges in particular haven't really been following the law. They've just been kind of doing whatever their political affiliation is. So uh, I don't know. Is there any hope through the legal system for some sort of justice about all these COVID crimes? Well, you know, there's a lot of things uh, in, in to unpack in that. And one of the things would be that it's definitely not broken. The system is definitely doing exactly what it's designed to do. It's 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 definitely uh, uh, there to pretend that you're going to get justice through it. Well, the real purpose is to cover all this stuff up. And I remember fairly early on in the uh, COVID fakery, uh, they had the crimes against humanity became some big deal. And I did a show on that because a lot of people were getting sucked into that. That's another one of these dead ends. And and, and I told them at the time that nothing's going to happen with that because it's not going to work. And everyone, I got to took a lot of grief about that. And, oh, you're so negative, legal man. Always the same thing. Oh, what's your solution? Oh, you're the same stupid crap they always <laughs> pull on me. What can we do, legal man? <laughs> right. It's just so damn ridiculous. And it's like, what's happened as a result of these crimes against humanity? Nothing's happened. And anybody who knows the, oh, Nuremberg too. Well, anyone who goes and does research about Nuremberg one will see that thing was a laughable show, an absurdity. And so yes. why would you even want Nuremberg two? Nuremberg one sucked. And so Nuremberg two is not going to be any better. And is there going to be a solution to the courts? Uh, most of that stuff is procedural. Every single time I step out and, and show people and predict what's going to happen in courts, I'm always right. I was right about the elections. I'm right about the way the COVID was going to be handled. I, I, I'm uh, My stuff, my system works because I understand what happens. And these legal systems, like with regards to the courts and are they obeying the law? Well, it's a lot of that's people don't understand. They think the court is there to do justice, to somehow get justice. But the law is not about that. And so they are following the law. The law that courts are bound to follow assures that systems like this can never work, that you're never going to get justice from the system because the system's there to cover it up. And let's just assume all the stuff's true, right, with the idea that uh, they, they faked up the test and they, the, the thing was a so-called bio lab leak, which again is just another fake story. They got multiple layers of yep. fake stories they tell. So when one fake story gets exposed, they get the next big fake story they wheel out. And so what would ever be the truth? How are we ever going to find out what happens? Well, we have to get information from them. Well, the, the ability to get information, which is how you first have to have a lawsuit, is involved as discovery in the civil side. And discovery is notoriously a joke on the civil side because how do I know if somebody has something and they've turned it over? How do I know that? You can't know it. And, and, and when you go into the government, you've got multiple layers of utterly impossibilities. And now you're talking about something that's three years old, something that they knew at the time when they were doing it was fake. So you think that they don't have enough set of fake records already built in there? Yeah, they do. And the vast majority of people who are involved in this are uh, unknowing dupes. They're just government bureaucrats who don't have any bad intention. They are uh, useless uh, losers that are have low IQs <laughs> and have cushy government jobs, and they just believe stuff. And so 
the health official in your county. Uh, they're probably just a useless dupe who actually believes the CDC is there to protect them and that they've looked through the reports and the, and they read the latest this and that from Johns Hopkins or the some other, the New England Journal of Medicine. And, and they think all that stuff's real and true. And so that's what they base it on. Well, in order to just win. Follow, just following it, orders, really. Yes, in order to win these cases that people think we could somehow get justice from these people, you literally would have to show and have trials, which they'll never allow because they're outside the areas. You'd have to show that the entire system of uh, peer review, even though it's been exposed over and over again, is is crap. It's it's just a method to push fake stuff through that these people who are the top guys in the world, they're just pushing a bunch of phony baloney stuff because if if they told the truth, their careers would be an embarrassment and they'd be laughed out. Well, they're never going to do that. And so you're never going to be able to have a actually litigated situation where you can have information from the government to show smoking guns that then show that anybody actually intended to do it. All you're going to show at best, and I had a call with someone just the other day about this, is the best you're ever going to show is that there, they were under pressure and that they were doing the best they could and that the top people in the world that they relied upon uh, said X, Y, and Z, and maybe some mistakes were made. Maybe it wasn't as good as it could have been. And now they've learned their lesson and they've got new regulations and, and things in place to make sure that never happens again. Well, what's the punishment going to be? It's not going to be anything. Are they ever going to ever going to come out and claim that the entire system is set up to be fake? No. Are you ever going to have a judge who allows legitimate investigation and depositions and courtroom testimony? No, you're never going to have that. It's, it's never, ever, ever going to happen. And so the idea that we can ever get any kind of justice through the courts on something like this is a complete and total impossibility. It's there's no way I can stress strongly enough that it's completely impossible. The only thing that could ever happen in this situation is a small case that would uh, expose a few people and some minor players would maybe do some kind of minor prison time on something that's not really related, but it's close. And they'll send a Pfizer uh, executive off to prison for supposedly lying and the government didn't know. And they'll make a big show of that little tiny thing and then it'll go away. But it's never going to go to the Supreme Court. They're never going to set any kind of precedent that matters. Nobody of any import is ever going to go to prison uh, and spend any kind of time being punished. There's never going to be any compensation for the victims from the government with any kind of admission of guilt whatsoever. This is never, ever, 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 ever going to happen. So maybe okay, well, that just about wraps that up. <laughs> that was so Justin's maybe... question, I think, Fancy. Uh, yeah, he was asking basically as far as, you know, having any hope left, considering that we already have these egregious violations of rights in place. And that was before COVID civil asset forfeiture, qualified immunity, qualified immunity mm -hmm. for judges, um, prosecutors and things like that. Basically, yes, he was wondering if there was any hope in that regard. But I feel like we all knew what your answer was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. There's pretty much there's there's no possible way to do it because what I was telling try to explain to people is that structurally, procedurally, there's no method to do it. Like the all that whole uh, Nuremberg 2 crap, 
uh, and the crimes against humanity that the guy pushed. It's true that in Europe and even in Canada, they have procedural systems in place that could kind of be used. Okay, they could kind of be used, but you can see that they're making absolutely no progress. It's coming up on three years. They're not making any progress at all. It's not a question of needing information. Everybody sees that it was a scam and that there's cover-ups all over the place, and and yet still nothing's happening. But in the United States, there's not even any possible procedural mechanism in place to do it. See, there's no procedural mechanism. All the procedural mechanisms are 100% against you because the burdens of proof are all on you. In mm -hmm. Canada and, and in Europe, they've got these constitutional-ish kinds of things they've written in there that you can kind of ask a question and the government has this obligation to come forward and show its proof. Okay, that's a huge procedural advantage, huge uh, but even with that huge procedural advantage, they've made absolutely no no progress at all. None. And there's nobody in prison. Nothing's happened. They've really never shown that they did anything. They've never shown any proof. They've never really actually answered any of those questions they were asked. And the answers they have given have been obvious lies that they simply back up. In the United States, there is no procedural mechanism to do anything. I cannot sue uh, the health advisor, the the person who's in charge, Tony Fauci, whoever it might be, I can't sue them and claim that they have an obligation to come forward with any proof. That there's not. They have all the burdens are on me. All the legal presumptions are running towards them, and so it's up to me to somehow gather information through these Freedom of Information Act requests, which they simply ignore or black out. Mm -hmm. Or just claim they didn't have or produce a fake report. How could I possibly know? I can't go in there and search their files. And they have a million different ways to, to, to hide this stuff inside their files. And so that's why I started off by letting people know that discovery in civil cases is garbage. Everybody who's a real lawyer in civil side knows that you get all your documents and all your testimony from third parties. You're never going to get the party you're suing to blow mm -hmm. themselves up. That's fake. That's stuff on TV. That's that's a movie mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, you've got the hard charging, honest guy inside. He's trying to expose the truth and he's got the copy and he's that's all crap. Those are just made for TV movies to to try to make people believe in this brainwash. It's yeah. all brainwashing yeah. to keep people imagining these things can work. And the way discovery actually works is they produce a whole pile of crap that doesn't apply to anything and you object to it and you have to go in, you have some stupid hearing and the courts never even read the motions. And then the court tells you to go out in the hallway and settle this, that if the court steps in, you're not going to be happy with my ruling. Neither of you are going to be happy with it. And then they'll restrict the kinds of experts you can bring in and they'll, they'll keep documents out. And the courts, it's just procedurally, it doesn't work. It's just, they're, they're not procedurally set up to do what people imagine, and they're not procedurally set up to do what they're shown in TV and movies that courts do. That's not what courts do. Yeah, I think um, Hollywood's been conditioning us for, re well, obviously, for a reason, but there's been such an insurgence of um, so many of those detective-y type things for you know the last couple of decades, I suppose. Oh, yeah. It's it's just really merged the lines of what of people's beliefs, and, of course, you know, Life must imitate art, mustn't it? So that must be how it actually is in the courts. <laughs> it's not right. Like it. I mean, it's not a lack of information. How many anyone who's who's more than say twenty five years old has lived through multiple different uh, 
sets of scandals coming out of um, whatever the Trump stuff was, whatever the Obama stuff was, the Obama second administration, Clinton's. the first administration, the Clintons, the Bushes. It's it's just an endless set every single time. If you turn on the radio here or the TV, you will see them complaining about the the, the crazy stuff that's going on. And we got to get to the bottom of it and the corruption. This there, it's not a lack of information that the system is corrupt. It, it's just clear that there's procedurally, there is no way for it to work, that you can't actually clean it up using the system because the system is actually there to make sure that it's covered up. And if you just look at it through that lens, guess what? It all makes perfect sense. And it works exactly like you would expect. Guess what they do? They cover it up. And and to the extent they don't cover it up, a huge number of things they do, which was going on in 2020 when I started my podcast, they had those BLM riots and all this stupid crap going on everywhere that not a damn thing was happening to them. And I told people at the time, what's going to happen here is, is nothing's going to happen. They're going to bring something else in to take it off the front page. It'll go away and it'll be forgotten. And guess what? That's exactly what happens. And it's what they do every time. There's so many scandals going on at any time. None are ever completed. You just bring another scandal in. And then the people start focusing on that. And that's why yeah. I think this thing with Trump is working. If that's why it's going to be about Biden, it's really not about Trump. Sure, Trump's the front man for this ridiculous uh, show they're going to put on. But what it actually does is provides a, a platform to equivocate and to blur the lines and to create another narrative that the people will never be able to sort out. And when that thing heats up long enough, they'll bring something else in. Notice mm -hmm. that there's no terror going on. Where's the terror? Are we supposed to believe they're fighting it so effectively? Give me a break. It, but it doesn't happen. Where are the school shootings? Where's all the other fake events and false flags? They have a million ways to distract the people. They could just bring in another yeah, yeah. financial collapse. Remember FTX? That was only like six months ago. No one even remembers <laughs> yeah. the thing. It's just what completely was, buried. <laughs> what, was, what was that guy's name just recently who came and went like a flash in the pan? Andrew, oh, yeah. Andrew Tate, was it? Andrew Tate? Oh, yeah, oh, Andrew you know. Tate, he's still sitting yeah. in prison in <laughs> Romania, supposedly. I mean, uh -huh. we have no idea. He could just be uh, on a movie set somewhere. There's just he's in the literally bunker, no way cocktail. to confirm it. None. Yeah. yeah, I think um, he's in the bunkers having a cocktail with the um, Johnny Depps of the world. <laughs> with Epstein. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Terry, do you have a question? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what was the... Um, from what you're saying, they're terrorists and school shooters are afraid of COVID. That's why they're not doing this stuff at the moment. <laughs> but um, they've all gotten back, so they're okay. On... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I just wanted to push back a little bit on what you were saying because we have had a number of successful court, as far, certainly as far as the pharmaceutical companies are concerned, there have been successful court cases in the past, and Pfizer, notably, are one of the biggest criminals around, aren't they, in terms of the fines that they and then we've got the Monsanto thing going on with glyphosate, which some people think might even you know, bring the company, you know, break the company altogether. If, if, oh, absolutely. If get, on know, the civil side. Take many years. But, That's you know, there, they can, you can have, you can, you can get huge fines imposed on these companies eventually after many, many years, which might actually bring the company down. So 
It's it's true that you have there are civil cases and they're all approved. I've been involved in class actions up close and personal. I was involved. I did classes for about 10 years. People don't understand the vast majority of class actions. They're so-called successful. They're friendly suits. And uh, that means the company wants the suit because they, they they can control the litigation. Now, and something like Pfizer, where they're brought and they're, they're punished with some multi-billion dollar fine and Monsanto, these asbestos cases are another one, all these fake fake implant cases. They have the same doctors. It's just a scam. I, I worked on the asbestos circuit for about eight months and did, did a bunch of those depositions. I'd sit in a room. There'd be 35, 40 other lawyers in there. Uh, and they were all uh, on the defense side. And I would represent the plaintiff. And uh, everybody would go around and ask a certain question about you know this and that. And be like, oh, okay. So there you go. You, did you ever sweep and see something that said narco on it. No. Okay. Well, thank you. That's the only question they have. And so it's not that these cases can't move forward. They can on the civil side, but does that do anything? Does it prevent the scam? No, it, it actually perpetuates the myth that see it works. It's cleaned up, but it's not really cleaned up because who pays? Do the people who are responsible pay? Do they go to prison? No, they don't go to prison. They either get a golden parachute, retire out, or go work at the FDA, or in fact, make a, a quick turn through the FDA and then come out and go work at uh, uh, AstraZeneca now. And mm -hmm. and so it's like, oh, okay, it's all the same thing. The money's not theirs anyway. It's shareholder money. Uh, the bondholders don't walk away with nothing. So the shareholders, that's the dumb money. Those are the same people that they uh, release all these fake companies onto. We works $22 billion public, this and that. The whole thing collapses, FTX, Silvergate, <coughs> Silicon Valley Bank, and on the list. The people who are actually responsible, nothing happens to them. Sure, the fines get paid and it makes a big front page thing, but does it stop the corruption in the FDA and these fake drugs? No. Does it stop people from making fraudulent claims? No, it doesn't do anything. What it does is it creates a big story. Some people make some money. Mostly it's the lawyers. Uh, these these so-called payments, a lot of times they're just back to the government. Think how absurd that is. They pay this giant fine. We're supposed to think that's a big win. So the corrupt government that allows this corrupt crap to go on takes billions of dollars out of the shareholders of the company who had literally nothing to do with it. The shareholders had nothing to do with it. And the government takes the money. And it's like, and mm. people run around and claim that's a big victory. It's like, dude, it's not a victory. It's a victory for the people running the scam. It's the victory would be to hand millions and billions of dollars out to people who are actually harmed by it. Well, that never happens. In class actions, you get like a, a credit, you know, you next two fifty percent off your next two vaccines. And then they'd be like, oh, okay, that's a great deal. Uh, we, got, we got justice for our clients. You get a hundred dollar yeah. coupon for this and that. The people responsible don't pay and all of those kinds of things like Monsanto. Okay, maybe the thing needs to go bankrupt. I don't know. You know, you have all these theories about September 11th. They said they were going to have to demolish those buildings anyway, and it was going to be way too expensive because the, the asbestos removal was impossible. And so it was totally and completely impossible to do. And so then uh, conveniently enough, uh, they get paid for two terrorist events to uh, take them down. There's no way to know. The other thing is that money, to these people, doesn't matter. They have as much as they need. They just print it up. That's all they do. They just push buttons. And so the idea that you can hurt them by making them pay you fake money, um, it doesn't really work. And ultimately, in most of these cases, they end up paying themselves. A government fine yeah. is hilarious to me. The idea that the punishment is that you're paying the very corrupt government that set the system up to allow the corruption to continue. And that, in effect... 
you've rewarded the actual wrongdoer, which is the government, who's pretending that they're there to protect people, getting billions of dollars in fine from the company that they knew damn well was corrupt from day one. And so it's just kind of one hand washing the other. And the lawyers make a lot of money and the people run around and imagine it. But if you look, the real judge is actual change. See, that's the real judge of yeah. whether or not something's working. Did they actually, do they fear actually committing fraud out there as a result of that? No, they don't fear committing fraud because nothing actually happens. Do they actually change uh, the way they do business? No, they don't change the way they do business. They they simply now do business with the government entirely and they have complete and total immunity. And so it doesn't really matter ultimately what it is, the it doesn't matter if it's asbestos. It doesn't matter if it's the breast implants. It doesn't matter if it's the uh, the the phony baloney pharma. It doesn't matter. They used to have lawsuits going on with regards to high tension power lines, and they were causing a lot of problems for people. Probably are still causing problems, but they never really made big news. Why? Because they're probably at an actual problem. And guess what? They're never going to take those lines down. And so uh, when you have a fake problem, which the asbestos claims basically were fake, it's not that asbestos might not be harmful. It is. It can be harmful. But the miners who actually dig it out, they don't actually get uh, these lung problems. And so there's a lot of questions about what actually went on. It's true that some people, they get true bad uh, diseases and cancers. But the vast, vast, vast majority of asbestotic claims were garbage. And I, like I said, I, I saw tons and tons. Every single day, I used to fly to Houston and then fly back. I'd go down, take it, uh, and I represented Narco. And so I'd go fly down there, take this deposition, and fly back. And there's always at least one, maybe two different plaintiffs. And they're, they're problems. They're like 30-year smokers. And now the complaint is that they're having a hard time pushing their lawnmower around at 75. And yes, it's more difficult. Well, they're in horrendous condition. They all used basically two doctors to go in and he ran a scam and he had these mobile, uh, these mobile x-ray units. And he would literally put out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, thousands of reports each year. There's no possible way of seeing these people and doing it. It was a scam. And as yeah. they use the exact same thing with the implants and they dragged all the money out. And the defense lawyers make money because they sit on this uh, uh, gravy train for years and years and years and years, so-called defending. And the things never ultimately go to trial. And then they settle. And the plaintiffs make money. The defendants make money. And the people who are in the, the businesses... These are the liability control experts. It's not their money. It's not their money. And so they they do the same thing that you do with a professional coach, right? Why do they always hire the same useless retreads over and over again, right? Same guys who've been losers, they've never done shit. They keep, they keep bringing them in, hiring them over and over. Why? Well, because it's a good story. Same way that you have in these corporations. If you're responsible and you bring a defense team in or you have a settlement, well, what are you going to do? You're going to go with the expensive firm because if it, there's blowback, well, hey, we hired the best there was. You know, we can't do anything about that. So you have a defense for yourself. You're not actually interested in the company because your resume is probably already floating out there anyway. And you can come out as a hero. Of, you got a no-lose, a no-win situation, right? Your, your company's tagged for asbestos. Every single day, it's on the news. Every single day, it's on the news. They're running you down. So you're never going to win that. And so all you're expected to do is manage it. Well, it's not your own money. You're padding your own time. All you want to do is try to get out of there, get your pension. And it's the same kind of thing with every one of these big suits that people think make a difference. If any of those things actually made a difference, then the situation we're in would be different, but it's not mm, different. True. 
It's not different. And that's where the actual proof is, is that if they actually worked to do something, you wouldn't see the problems you see. <laughs> you wouldn't have to that's do so it true. over and over. That's it. Yeah. There would be a deterrent. Yes, they would actually it work. It currently isn't. <laughs> but they don't work right. because if they did work, then you wouldn't see the endless examples of them not working. And mm. people pull up a single case. Oh, well, what about Watergate? That whole thing, anyone who looks into it will see what a complete <laughs> joke that whole thing was. And yeah. so all these things that they put out there, people don't want to face the fact that they're all part of the 179 club. If you just dig a little closer or turn the thing a quarter inch and look at the prism a little differently, you can see how it actually benefits them. And it's something they want to move forward. Believe me, if they don't want something to move forward, it's so easy to kill it. It's so incredibly easy to have someone knock on your door, show up, show you pictures of your kid and your dog's dead. Mm -hmm. oh, sorry to hear about your dog and everything else. And, and you get the message and, and they offer you a settlement. See, they're not going to offer you nothing. They're not going to do that. They have plenty of money. They, they pay people to go away and it's very, very difficult to beat the carrot and stick, but that is out there in mass. And if you don't learn your lesson, well, then they will punish you. And then you'll learn your lesson. And if you want to keep coming back, well, then you're something bad's going to happen. They will keep amping up the pressure until you catch on. And anytime you forget that rule and you imagine that someone's actually making success that's hitting the press, it's not happening. The only kind of successes that are ever happening, you're never going to hear about them unless you know the person involved in the case. If you don't know the person involved in the case, then then that case was it wasn't a real success. If it's hitting the news, it's never going to happen. It just doesn't happen. I've never heard a case of it ever. Yeah. Do you know um, much about Australian law at all, legal man? Have you ever kind of looked into that? that I've never looked into it. I assume from the little bit I've seen is that it's similar to kind of a hybrid British Canadians type of system that has the MPs, the other structures. But from what I can see, they have a fantastically centralized control system over there that's virtually impenetrable um, because they can just put people into a prison and apparently there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, there's, well, there's a lot of debate about whether it's true or not that, you know, the whole thing is based on, I mean, on, on a general scale, of course, it's all an illegal system as you've just been talking about, but also like in a construct sort of structured way that it's an illegal system. And what I'm saying there is like somewhere around about 1972 or 73, there's actually been several dates where there's been changes that supposedly illegal have been made. But particularly around that time, um, there was some major changes and I don't profess to be fully understand it all. Um, but a lot of it had to do with, you know, infiltration from people like the Fabian Society, et cetera, like that. And the it was like the whole um, system went from British rule where the crest was a, a unicorn and a lion and then got changed to a kangaroo and an emu. And uh, that, that <laughs> was appropriate. When, <laughs> that yeah, that was when um, this whole change supposedly happened, and it became like the corporation and all this sort of thing, and it's all like completely illegal. And then, so there's people, you know, making money out of teaching all this stuff about how to understand the law and you know how to beat the courts and all this sort uh, of thing. But then other people coming out saying that they're just ripping you off. You can't beat the courts. They will just throw you in jail or whatever. And then lately, I don't know if you've heard about the attack on the sovereign citizen sort of movement. Um, They're always sure attacking them. Yeah. 
yeah, of course. But um, like it's been quite brutal last, like this year particularly, or towards the end of last year. Um, well, what I believe might be F flags. Got to be a bit mm-hmm. careful. Um, yeah. Uh, I warn uh, people you know. about that stuff. They, uh, <clears throat> I get people do that all the time, and I don't put those shows out in public, I don't think. Uh, I think I'll keep most of those in Patreon, but I try to explain to people, look, this idea of the eight, Constitution 1871 and that you're going to be able to say all these magic words in front of the court and somehow that's going to work, that, that, that's all fantasy. See, that's all fantasy uh, because okay. – there's no, there's no special fancy words. These people are engaged in a, in a blatant fraud and they know they've got the men with the guns to back it up. You really think that they've constructed a system such that if you go in there and you say abracadabra in the right kind of fashion, <laughs> that somehow you, then you're going to win. They're going to get out. No. Yeah. These people so, have so no problem saying, killing people. Are you saying that the, so the whole maritime law versus law of the land thing is just Nonsense. It's complete it? nonsense. It's total. It's not that it's based on nothing. It is, is based. There is a constitution of 1871. I agree. There is. So mm. what's the validity of the constitution, a so-called organic constitution they love so much? What's the validity of that? Who's ever consented to that? Nobody. So yeah. if they don't even have the consent of that, there's no validity there. What's the validity that then create this other thing? And there's nothing. And so there's nothing in maritime law, nothing in any kind of maritime law that acknowledges the idea of consent the way they claim, which is this double secret probation uh, disappearing ink consent <laughs> there where you come in, oh, there's a, you got a flag with a gold fringe, oh, therefore you're under the military rule. It's like, dude, there's nothing in the law like that. You can't consent through anything unless it's voluntary and knowing. Well, by definition, they're claiming this is not knowing, that the whole thing is a scam. So if if it's not knowing consent, then you can't be bound. It doesn't matter if it's maritime law or anything else. And so the very most fundamental thing isn't true, that you can somehow have this system running on that you accidentally stumble into, you open the wrong door, next thing you know, they've got jurisdiction over you. That's not the way jurisdiction works in anything. It doesn't work like that anywhere. And so since that's the fundamental distinction, and they imagine that if you file the special paper in the special way, that then they'll do it, that's not going to happen. I know lots of people personally who became judges. I know what the judge's course, you go to this little kind of judge school if you get elected the first time and you learn how to be a judge and you learn the different rules. and all. There's nothing in there about maritime. They don't know. And that's all nonsense. It's not true. I get people who think all the time that I'm a member of the bar. I've, I've sworn allegiance to the crown and all this other crap. I've had that. It's like, listen, dude, I, it's never happened. I've never had anybody approach me about it. I've never heard a lawyer speak it. There's no oath you take. There's no secret path you run in. There's no handshake. There's nothing. None of that stuff is true. And so even though you can construct something uh, that kind of sounds like it makes sense, which is these these people, they take. Uh, pieces of different opinions and they string them together and they show you see that this is the law well that's not the way the law works in the united states if you don't have appellate jurisdiction case on point you don't have squat and if you have a bunch of different uh, regulatory commissions it's almost always some kind of regulatory thing where well they i personally know such and such okay do you have the case well it didn't go to case i dropped exactly you don't have a case i've been asking for more than 20 years i've looked and looked and looked nobody has ever produced a single appellate 
federal case showing anything they say is true. Well, the district courts are obligated to follow the appellate court in their circuit. They're obligated to. They have to. That's their job. They must do it. Well, the state has endless cases on their side saying that you're wrong. You have nothing on your side saying that you're right, except for this weird kind of hodgepodge of different lines from the Supreme Court and 1803 case from here. And it's like, dude, that's not the way legal briefing works. It's never going to work. And that's why there are no cases that support it. But the people believe it. And I tell people all the time, if you want to be a right fighter and sit in prison and think you're right, then knock yourself out. I don't care. I, I'm much more practical. It's not that inconvenient for me to get a driver's license and keep it current. It's not that inconvenient for me to register my car. I don't want to be in an argument with a cop on the side of the road trying to explain to him that I'm not actually driving. I'm traveling and I'm <laughs> Shit, the cop's not going to care. He's not mm. going to care. And so if you want to have that fight, then knock yourself out. Um, I don't want to spend time bailing myself out, spend God knows how many hours arguing with somebody. I don't want to take those chances when I can just drive like a limo driver. If the cop pulls me over for no reason, I haven't pulled over, been pulled over in 20 years, but I treat him like a limo. Like, oh, absolutely. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. I'm not going to do roll my window down a quarter inch and slip my driver's license. I'm not going to do that. Why? Because in all likelihood, the worst case scenario is they're going to give me a ticket. It's like 100 bucks or 125 bucks. How much time can I spend to avoid $125? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I can't spend any of my time that would ever outweigh sign the stupid ticket, mail the check in, and go on my way. And maybe that happens every few years. Okay. Well, that's the price I, I pay for living here. But the rest of the stuff is just a fantasy. It's all a complete fantasy. And anybody who tells you differently, ask them to produce an actual federal appellate case law uh, opinion that supports anything they're saying. Ask them to produce one. And don't, don't take some paper that, no, I need an opinion that actually says that. And they never will produce it. I've had countless people block me and go away when I expose them for the fact that, well, dude, you just, that's not the way the system works. You know, you can tell me all about your personal supposed things with the, this and the, the guy came up and the, it's like, that's, that's great. There's no way for me to check that. And it doesn't discount anything I said, which is if they want to come after you, you're going to lose at district court. And if you don't lose at the district court, you're definitely going to lose the appellate level. That's a hundred percent guaranteed. And they can never produce a single case that doesn't uh, have that exact result. Never. So you know, don't waste your time in that. That's another one of these dead ends. Interesting. So, yeah, it sounds so convincing at the time, though, all that <laughs> stuff that they present. But it is convincing because, like I said, they have a very Sorry, slick yeah. thing where they show you, and it's true. There's like it, like everything. There's always a kernel of truth there, right? It's true that the, mm, the Supreme yeah. Court said exactly. that. It's true that's a, an accurate. It's true that then, then they later said this. But when you go look at the cases, it's not part of the holding. See, the, the Supreme Courts, the courts of all sorts, they say all sorts of things, but they're not part of the holding. It's called dicta. And just because there's dicta in there and you can pull dicta from a bunch of different places, that doesn't turn it into an opinion. The only thing that's binding is the holding. And you go read the actual cases they cite, which I've done in the past long, long time ago. 
It's like, dude, this case has nothing to do with it. They're referencing another set of facts of why it is that this thing doesn't even apply. That's the language you pulled out. And so, yeah, the language is there. But when you go see what the context is, it doesn't fit. It doesn't support your argument. And that's not what the courts found. And so you you put a lot of those things together in conjunction with the fact that what they're doing to us is outrageous and is a complete violation of our rights, it sounds right because it's like, see, the, the court recognizes, of, nah, the court doesn't really recognize that. That what the court actually does is it finds that three generations of imbeciles enough and it, and it involuntarily sterilizes you. That's what the court actually does. What the court actually does is it says that Oh, we don't even need to consider this. You have to be conscripted into the into the military if they say so. That's how the court actually works. The, those are the actual ways court opinions come down. And the other stuff is a fantasy. And so if people want to believe it, then, like I said, I strongly suggest anyone who says it, you tell them you want to see an actual federal appellate court opinion that supports it. And I guarantee and it, you they will not have one. There. There definitely is precedent, uh, the eugenics aspect of it, um, where I'm at in North Carolina, there was as recently as the 70s, a um, involuntary sterilization program here. <laughs> That's um, our great freedom. <laughs> yeah. And and I do understand, right, that people would want to believe these things because it's very difficult to think that you are in a world where where it truly you live under the thumb of the evil empire and that you will yes. not you know be able to get justice like they bomb people they start fake wars you really think you're going to go in with some fancy phony baloney language in a brief and that's going to stop it they ran they conducted an entire war in vietnam off an event that they've made up and they made the whole thing up. They just come out and admitted that they were involved by killing one of the presidents. People right. genuinely think in a system like that, that you can file a document and that the court's hands are tied and that you win. Oh, you figured our special decoder ring out and now we can't control you. Like, dude, they'll just send a bomber over there and, and, and a drone you. They, they're not, it's not ever going to work. Um, it, it's, it's just another con like the constitutional conservatives to get people to spend endless amount of time to, to present them as kooks. They, uh, most of the stuff is almost all led by the FBI. You go involve yourself in any of those groups. Those things are absolutely full of uh, the FBI. It's just like the original mission impossible mm. when he wants to boot the uh, program up and he tells him it's a fake. He goes, well, you got to do it. And he says, but in about three minutes, you're going to place, you can be hopping with Virginia farm boys. So you best pack before you do it. It's that's what it is. You think you're going to find some kind of uh, loophole in a system like this. It, you're not going to. You're not going to find a loophole. There is no loophole. So that actually leads me to, um, and I know we're we're here to close to wrapping up here, but I did yeah. want to ask a question that uh, Kill from our podcast, who's not able to be on today, but he was wondering what your thought was on the agorism movement. You know, trying to kind of work outside of the system as best as you can, and sure. just sort of your, your thoughts and observations of people legally doing that. If you've seen that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that agorism by definition is not even legal, right? I mean, the entire concept is you work outside of it, that you try to avoid these systems and that you ignore the law. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to the extent that people want to try to do that, it's great. To the extent that they can be successful with it, great. 
uh, it doesn't work for running most normal lives. Like most right. normal people can't really actually do it. Um, if you want to, you know, go live like Mick Dodge, that guy that ran around barefoot in the woods. Okay, you can do that. And maybe it works for you. But you want to have a family, you want to have kids in uh, schools, you want to have an actual job, you want to be married. It's not going to work. So you, you can just do some half-assed stuff. And I'm all in favor of people getting around it, but that time of even effective agorism, which I see all the time on the uh, internet, it constantly mm -hmm. come to my Twitter with that crap. Like, oh, they just ignore the system. If you just stopped, if it all ignored it, that's not going to happen. It, they're going to come and put a chip in you. They're going to require you have your phone with multiple sorts of uh, security identification so that you put your password in, and they also have to text you something. They're doing that so everyone has to carry their phone. Then they're going to hack these phone systems and they're going to show that they're very, very unstable. And the only way to protect yourself from these hacks in the phones where they get is to get a chip. And then, that, okay, it was, it's just problem, reaction, solution crap. And all this agorism yeah. stuff is going to be the same kind of thing in that you're not going to be able to get around it once they bring these central bank digital currencies in and they have these social credit systems. Yeah, you can go live out on a farm. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you can find some land hidden in the woods that nobody catches. Okay, maybe you can. I mean, it's not a solution for people, okay? It's just maybe a solution for an individual. They can buy time and they don't mind. But it's it's just another way where people who we might be able to use are taken out and, mm -hmm. and dumped into a system that's never going to help us. And they can be painted as kooks in a thousand different ways and... And the time for doing all that stuff is disappearing. Just like if you watch a movie from the 70s or 80s and you see this crime stuff, it's like, dude, <laughs> that's so far absurd now because there's cameras everywhere. They're tracking everybody in every kind of form and fashion. And that is just going to increase. And so the idea you'll be able to get around anything, well, they want to use Bitcoin. They want to use like, all you do, you go into the, the place to try to buy your feed and all your basic supplies. And guess what? It's illegal for them to accept your Bitcoin. Right. Uh, okay, now what? Mm, now, now, yeah. now, how do you do your agorism crap? Well, it's illegal for them to barter. They're not going to be able to do anything. Do you think they're going to take a chance on on having the feds come down on them and have their business ruined just so they can do business with you a couple times a year? That's not going to happen. And so once those systems close, then all of these ways around it aren't going to work unless you want to go live in Equatorial Guinea, where I think the IQ is 58. And it's going to take an awful long time for them to ever bring anything in. But the place sucks. It totally sucks. And I like I like the this place a lot more. And I say my position is I'm going to defend this mud puddle to the maximum extent possible. And uh, yeah, if they, they ruin it, then they ruin it. But at least it's something worth trying to defend. Um, I don't want to be a dude running around in the jungle scavenging and trying to, you know, you know eat some meat that I'm not allowed to. And, and I'm not, I'm not like that. I'm not going to build a shack and I'm not going to do any of that stuff. And so since I'm not going to do any of it, whether it could work or not, uh, it's not interesting to me. And I know for right. a fact that in 10 years, it won't be working. That, that will not work at all in 10 years. And so you're setting yourself up, uh, spending an awful lot of time getting, uh, you know, a so-called skill set that's just going to get swept away instantaneously, just swept away. Right. Can well, I, and I, I think, you, sorry, Ashley, you go. I, I was just going to say, I think ultimately what a lot of these issues boil down to is the fact that until a big percent of people wake up to what is happening and stand up to it, 
then wherever you go, there you are. Like it's going to be the same, um, yep. the same thing until minds and hearts start changing. I think that's the yes. ultimate. Um, it's a slow progression. See, this is the thing. It's it's going in one direction. If if you don't get enough people to even understand something as simple as jury nullification, which requires such a small group of people, then they're just going to keep marching forward with their plan. And that's that means we're going to be locked into an electronic prison. That That's just what is going to happen. The fact that it hasn't happened in the past and people can't relate to it and they think that the you know the the hard times create the hard men and the hard men create the good times. There's not going to be another cycle once people are locked in. Mm. It's not going to happen. There's not going to be another American revolution. That's already a fantasy. That can never happen now. And so all of those things work. Oh, well, they did it in Afghanistan. Dude, they don't even believe in their central government. You can have that here, except that everybody worships the central government. They want to figure out how we can get a better team in Washington. If we were like Afghanistan, every single town would have multiple different people in charge of their neighborhood and block, and they wouldn't care. And you can't live amongst them because as soon as you go out, they kill you over there. <laughs> well, that's not the kind of country we have. And so those solutions aren't going to work. And so you have to work with the system we have. And that is that they love the system. The people believe in it. They can't back out on the system they have now, of the greatest freest. They're locked into that one. And so you use the fact that they're locked into the greatest freest and our justice system and all this made up shit. You use that against them. And you say, okay, that's fine. Well, we're going to go into the justice system. You're right. Well, the justice system's producing what we want, which is <laughs> this is the justice we want. Great. And let them put them on the defensive of trying to unwind this multi, 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 multi-generational brainwashing you've done about the greatest freest. It puts them in a box. Mm. I was just wondering, legal man, you don't have to be specific, but um, are you are you in the north, south, or do you mind saying what state you're in? Yeah, I'm in Texas. People, I mean, people know that I'm in Texas, right. and you know, so they're all mm -hmm. about the same. People think Texas is so great and free; it's ridiculous. We're still under an emergency here. Our governor has been re-upping this emergency over COVID uh, for three years. If he was mm -hmm. so great and so on our side, uh, why are we still operating under it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is <Okay>. stupid. <laughs> Yeah, it is. There's no real. I mean, everyone says, "Oh, you know, I'll," as you say, end up in the in the bush somewhere. Or where where's safe to go? And it's like, well, I don't think. Yeah. Really, it's it's global, isn't it? Yes, but, it is. That's the whole thing. There's nowhere to do go. You, do you do you? What's your just quickly without getting into a massive thing? But um, do you sort of believe in the, the the infiltration from the you know the upper echelon like the the Council of Foreign Affairs, the Trilateral Commissions of WEF, etc.? Um, it does seem that there is infiltrators in every single everywhere. Uh, industry. Yeah. Okay. So every, and everywhere. I mean, yeah. there's, there's nothing that they don't control that they want to control. The only reason things operate yeah. where they're not controlled is because they don't care to control them. But if they care to touch it, if they want to reach out and touch it, then they can reach out and touch it. They just, a lot of stuff operates and they don't really care. But if they care, if you're doing something they care about, they can reach it. No problem. Instantaneously. They got someone probably standing right next to you, you know, right then. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. There's That's no That's why it's so blatant now, isn't it? So That's blatant. Why it's so blatant. So They're clear. not even hiding it because they know that there's just no chance that it's not no. going to unravel the way that they want it no. to. Yeah. You're, you're not going to get any solutions inside of the, uh, the framework they have outside of, like I said, by being able to flip it on them, which is this greatest freest. That's why jury nullification works so effectively because what, oh, the only solution they would have would be to get rid of juries. 
Well, you just can't do that under the uh, the fantasy they've constructed for people with the greatest Prius and the Constitution. And all. How the hell are you going to do it? You see, you can't. And so they're stuck with it. And so you use that against them, the fact that they are stuck with that uh, narrative. No different than when they wagged the dog, when they were hoping they could change it to Sicily because you could get more financing with the shoe, the boot, and get the boot. And they were kind of already locked in. And so they already locked yeah. it into the other story. You can't do anything. You're locked into the Constitution's the greatest freedom machine ever and the justice system we have and the jury. They can't change that one. They're stuck with that one. And so you got to work inside that one. Yep. Okay. Thanks for that. Sure. And um, too bad that we didn't even have time to get into the uh, occult aspect of all of ah. this. That's one of the favorite things that I love mm -hmm. uh, talking well, with you about or getting getting your take on that so yeah maybe we can talk about this from that angle uh the question yeah, that monica sure. often likes to ask people who is they all of that stuff i would love to speak with you about that another time um but we we definitely have taken up over an hour of your time and i wanted to thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us and if you could just tell people where they can find you get in touch with you ask questions share things with you all that good stuff I'd say the easiest places. <clears throat> I'm, I'm I'm often on Twitter, and uh, I'll, I'm over there at least most days. I mean, some days I don't go on, but most days I'm on at least some, and some days more than others. And I'm legal man at U.S. Crime Review, and and people find me there. I don't have to be private. They can listen to my podcast pretty much anywhere you you listen to podcasts. And if you want to get inside and you want to get the back stuff, once you're kind of on board, you can go join my Patreon. I've got hundreds of shows in there that are old. I don't keep a lot of my shows public anymore. And, but if people want to get in touch with me, I'd say, I'd say Twitter is probably the best place mm -hmm. to find me. Okay. And then sometimes in Patreon, we were just talking about earlier, uh, you have an opportunity for people in that to call in, kind of have a live interaction with you. Yeah. Um, I do that live show. It's not that popular. I mean, I really thought it'd be more popular. It's not that popular. There's a small group of people who really like it. Mm -hmm. Um, but for the most part, it's not that popular, but it is an opportunity for people to, to call in. I got a little quash hotline and, uh, you know, they, we talk about whatever they want. Oh, really? Ultimately, <laughs> I know I can't give direct legal advice, but right. I mean, most people don't care about that, but, uh, yeah, any kind of, and I actually, in the shows I've done those live shows, I do get into a lot of topics that I don't normally cover. I try to stay in my, my quash podcast. I really try to stay, uh, more on the legal side, some mm -hmm. of the political legal side. I, I stray away from that periodically, but, uh, you know, that's the expertise that I have. And people are so obsessed with uh, credentials and expertise. They imagine that you have to be a certified, you know, expertologist, you know, in whatever it is in order to be able to speak on it. And uh, so I try to stay within in those legal parameters just because, one, there's so much stuff that people don't understand about the law. That, mm. that I can tell them about that, you know, I don't really need to be the expert on the occult uh, out there. There's plenty of people who, who do shows like that, and uh, they probably know a, a lot more about the occult than I do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I've called in a couple of times and really enjoy just that, you know, just a casual conversation. Just what do you think about this and, and getting into stuff that's a little more, a little different than, um, you know, the very strict law and kind of the right. the exact things that are happening the current events sort of stuff that like you said they shuffle it in and out but it's really it's like the same psyops being recycled over and over again so yes 
Alrighty. Well, thank you so much um, for joining us today. I really appreciate it and looking forward to hopefully speaking with you again. Sure. And um, for the rest of the unknowns here, we are going to sign out. You can find us at unityunknowns.com. That's our link tree. And that will give you the links for everything, everywhere that we're at. Discord, Twitter, email, um, Rockfin, all of that stuff. So um, as we sign out here, I want to say thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you. And we'll talk to you soon. Mm. Thanks, Legal Man. Thanks for the clear pilling. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks, kind of Legal Man. Bye. 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 Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks. 